Welcome, boys and girls. <laughs> this is our first Halloween episode. Whoa, spooky tune. Welcome to episode 21 of Pixel Tunes Radio. I am Ed. And I'm Mike. And this is our special Halloween spooky tunes episode. Woo! So we just uh, just released our Castlevania episode last week, so this is a little kind of a special thing we're doing right now. Yeah, it's a little bit of a present, a Halloween gift, if you will, a trick or a treat, you decide. Absolutely. So we've picked some of our favorite spooky tracks from Spooky, from spooky Games, and uh, so we originally started out f- trying to figure out whether or not we wanted to do just completely horror titles or spooky tracks from games that might not necessarily be a horror title. And I think we only ended up with, like, one track from a, <laughs> from a game that's not exactly a horror title. So, uh, But for the most part, these are all very scary games. They're excellent companions to your Halloween night if you don't have any plans, which would be kind of sad, but you can spend it playing spooky games. Spooky games. Or, heck, just, just put our podcast on for the trick-or-treaters coming to your house tonight. And you know what? I will give you a Reese's Pieces peanut butter cup if you can count how many times we say spooky. Yeah, I'd like to see that. Yeah? Yeah. Yeah? Listeners, count up our spookies. (laughs) You mean count up our spookies? Oh, count up our spookies. (laughs) Going off the rails as usual. Oh my. So what are some of your favorite frightening games, Michael? Uh, Castlevania? Well, yeah, we did that. Yeah, we did a whole episode on Castlevania. Hey, listen, if it was up to me, this would have been Castlevania Part 2. Yeah, we'll do that eventually. uh, No, I I would say, I mean, a lot of the games that we've played here, some I've played, some I haven't played. Uh, Yeah, I mean, I would say Resident Evil was pretty big for me. I know we're not playing that one, so, you know, don't turn it off just yet, (laughs) because we got some good stuff. Um, Silent Hill 2, that was pretty scary for me. I've only played that one of the series. I own three. I still haven't played it. Mm. It's really good. Is it good? Yeah, I know you're a big fan of the Silent Hill series. Yep. As for myself, I've always been kind of a fan of, like, the creepy games. So, uh, action games that have a horror theme to it, I'm I'm pretty into. But I really like the the psychological horror kind of games. Like, some of the ones that we'll be playing, like Amnesia, The Dark Descent. Clock Tower. um, Clock Tower. Just stuff that kind of messes with your head. Stuff that really is, is based on survival, where the character, him or herself, is very powerless against the enemies, and you kind of have to use your brain to... To beat the game. I, I find those a lot scarier than, you know, you're a dude with a knife and you're chopping down zombies by the hundreds. Like yeah. like Onichanbara or something like that where you're... I don't really... You know, I mean, those games are more campy yeah. than, than, than creepy. Right, they have a horror theme, but yeah. they're not exactly built for scares. They're not spooky. Exactly. So the first game we're going to play a track from is Vi, or Vey. I don't even know how to pronounce this one. I think it's Vi. V-A-Y. Yeah. Vi? We'll call it Vi. Vi. This is a Sega CD game that's actually pretty hard to find. It's yeah. pretty expensive when, yeah. you, when you try to find it. It's a fairly generic RPG, but it was picked up by Working Designs, who did the translations. And so, of course, they released their special foil... Oh, they do some amazing yeah, packaging. Yeah, and they have great manuals, too. They re- really explain the game and the story very well. The translations from Working Designs were always phenomenal. This track plays during the last dungeon, and the last dungeon is right out of an H.R. Geiger painting. 
The game itself <laughs> is, you know, fairly generic. You're just going through castles and caves and stuff like that. But when you get here, it just looks like you're all of a sudden like in an Aliens movie for some reason. And this track that plays is a, a CD audio track. And it's like a cross between like the Halloween movie soundtrack and Thriller mixed with like a little Dark Stalkers. It's kind of a dancey tune, but it really kind of evokes a, a very scary movie feel to it. It was written by Shigeki Sako, who there's really not that much information on this composer on the internet. We know he or she did Outrun 2019, which we've played a couple tracks from in the past, and then did Vi. And then there's another composer, possibly, or the same person who wrote music for a couple animes out there, but we're not sure if it's the same person, so... Might be. Yeah, very enigmatic this this Shigeki Sako. So let's get right to it, I say. This is called Freak You Out. Spooky! From Vi on the Sega CD.
I can't believe this. I've literally went to hell and back to rescue Guinevere, and now I have to start over just to get some stupid bracelet? This is hot garbage. Oh, I mean, ye old hot garbage. Fret not, friend. Who, who the... Who goes there? You must be new here. I'm the announcer. Anyways, I couldn't help but overhear your plight. Are you tired of having to redo something you've already done just to make sure your task is fully completed? Oh, yeah. Well, then you need Ghouls Be Gone. Ghouls Be Gone? What's that? It's a revolutionary way to bypass challenges the first time around, allowing you to get the item or level or weapon you need the first time around. How does it work? Using nanotechnology and special ingredients that we know virtually nothing about, this magic potion gets you what you need, where you need it, to do things the right way. Let's watch. You want me to drink this? I I'm not drinking this. It smells like five-year-old candy corn and badger urine. Listen, do you want to rescue the princess or not? Ugh, okay. Guinevere, here I come. Give me a kiss. Ew, have you been drinking badger urine? Thanks, Ghouls Be Gone. You're welcome, Arthur. Buy Ghouls Be Gone today for only 15,000 zenny at all major retailers. Ghouls Be Gone is not for consumption by non-video game characters. Please dilute with badger urine. Candy corn taste is a side effect of ginseng, riboflavin, and maldodextrin. Use as directed. Use only genuine in Arositer parts. Void in Utah. Spooky! Oh, here we go again. That was Super Ghouls and Ghosts. Haunted Graveyard was the track. This was such a great game. I love and hate this game. Yeah, and, uh, and agreed. And, and I can definitely say uh, getting through the game is such a challenge. And if you're, you're brave enough and strong enough and, and your, your mind is sharp enough to get to the end of the game, you then have to go back and beat the game all over again. And it's whenever that happens, that's when I'm always like... Forget it. Does it I'm get done. more difficult the second time around? Or it, is it... Uh, no, I mean, it pretty much stays the same. I would say that the goddess bracelet that you pick up, that that's the weapon you have to defeat the final boss with. Okay. So basically, you if I recall, you go through six levels, and six to seven levels, something like that, and then you beat the bad guy, the final boss, and then there's another final boss, there's this huge, giant dude that you have to like climb on these platforms and stuff. Very similar to like Mega Man X when you fight the second form of uh, Sigma. It's very similar to that where you have to like climb, except like way bigger scale. So I mean, this dude's like five screens worth of in size. Impressive. And uh, so I've never beaten it once and then gone through it a second time and beaten it again. So I, I really don't know the ending. To this Interesting. Game. I know he just pretty much rescues Guinevere, but this is one of those like table flipping games where you die and you're just like, oh, like you just expletives. Yeah, and it's a great Halloween game too. Oh yeah, I mean it's it's full of ghosts and goblins and obviously ghouls and, and ghosts and ghosts and goblins and ghouls. And spooky. Oh my. Ooh. So then this particular song is from the Haunted Graveyard, which is the first stage of the game. It's a very iconic track. Very iconic it's track. It's been, uh, you know, it was originally written for the arcade version of the game, uh, which was what Ghosts and Goblins, Ghosts right? Ghosts and Goblins. And then there was Ghosts and Goblins on the Genesis. 
Yeah, well, there was Ghouls and there was yeah, I think there was the NES version. The NES version was was Ghost and Goblins, and then there was Ghouls and Ghosts on the Genesis, right? And Super Ghouls and Ghosts on the SNES, and there were probably some other versions here and there for Japanese systems. Ghosts and Goblins for the PSP came out later. I mean, it's just it it it's a series that hasn't really gotten much attention from Capcom. I think there was also, if I recall. There was a mobile game that came out that actually allowed you to play as one of the three knights. You could play as Arthur, who has always been the protagonist of the game, Lancelot, and Percival. And those three characters are also in another Capcom game, Knights of the Round, right. which was a really fun beat-em-up. Supposedly, what I've read about this game is that it's a pay... It's not a pay-to-win game, it's a pay-to-get-better in the game. So kind of similar to the Contra mobile game? Yeah, where like you're you're paying extra money for like, not additional lives, but like, more so like the, like abilities. <laughs> like it'll make, it'll make the game easier for you, like you can buy a triple jump instead of going with just the standard second chip. So it's kind of like DLC done right in a way. Cool. Because it's like more helping you. Cool. So. That's Ghouls and Ghosts as far as the composer, Mary Yamaguchi. We've talked about her before. She's done all sorts of stuff we're not going to spend too much time on. Breath of Fire, Final Fight 2, Mega Man 5, UN Squadron, and Mega Man 10, mostly staying in the whole Capcom feel. Yeah, when I was younger and I used to play this game, I used to feel like there needed to be a drum track behind this song. <laughs> and after listening to it a whole bunch of times, I don't really think it needs that no. anymore. I think it's perfect the way it is. It, it's symphonic. It, but yeah. It sets up the theme and the feel of the game mm -hmm. perfectly. It's it's. I like how it's spooky, but, <laughs> but it's also kind of... It has that action game pace to it, yeah. where it's kind of heroic and, 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 and keeps you going as well. It's cool, though, because you play as King Arthur in a land where you're facing off pretty much against Hellspawn. And the, you wouldn't think that that would be somewhere where you would go. It's kind of like this off-track, you know, normal Arthurian literature sort of thing. And so you go through the game and you're just like, this is really cool. Like, I really enjoyed the game when it came out. Um, it's yeah, it was just it was too difficult for me. I yeah. mean, I didn't. No, it's hard. It's it's a hard game. Yeah, and 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 timing your jumps right, like. Yeah, I used to think that maybe I just wasn't good at the game, oh, and really? then as time went on and the internet started talking about video games and such, I realized that it wasn't just me. That the game was actually really oh, really brutal. difficult, and it wasn't just like a control scheme that I sucked at. No. So, what was your favorite armor? I like the green armor. The Gold, best. Golden armor, man. No, the green armor was cool. <laughs> But the golden armor just like you had that blasted fin. through dudes. You had that fin. Yeah, but the the gold armor was the same. The only thing you got was the extra power ups. That was it. Yeah. Like the extra ability. Well, I'm talking about how it looked. Oh. oh. It looked the coolest. Yeah. 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 I don't remember all the armors. It's been so long since I've actually played this title. How about another Super Nintendo game? I'm okay with that. How about another Super Nintendo game where you're one man against Dracula's army? So Castlevania. That's not Castlevania. Oh. This one is a fantastic game that not a lot of people have heard of, and it's kind of a shame because it's a really, really phenomenal game. Yeah. This one's called Nosferatu for the SNES. It's by SATA, and it had a really limited print run. So even finding the cartridge loose nowadays is like 60 bucks. Yeah. The game is absolutely dripping with atmosphere. The, the intro, awesome. yeah, I just showed Mike the intro on YouTube, and the animation is just out of this world. Some of the lighting effects were really cool, and it was definitely like, 
the scaling, the sprite scaling, just really cool stuff. Yeah, they, they, they pulled everything together very well and used a lot of the um, strengths of the Super Nintendo to, to make the graphics really cool looking. And so this one is kind of a cross between like Prince of Persia like and the Flashback, but instead of fighting with a sword or a gun, you actually use moves from like beat-em-up games to you throw like basically combo punches at the ghosts and the goblins and stuff. And so it makes for kind of a fun mix-up between an action game and kind of a strategy platforming game. I really, really enjoyed this one. The music, even though the level music is very short, it's very well composed, very atmospheric. So what I'm going to do, because most of the pieces in this game is pretty short, is kind of compile a bunch of the coolest tracks from the game into one big medley. So this one is by Masaneo Akahori. And he did a lot of stuff for SATA. He did Brain Lord, F1 Rock 2, Race of Champions. He composed Cybernator, which had a really good soundtrack. That was for Konami, wasn't it? That was for Konami, yeah. Yeah, that was a good um, game. And then more recently, he did Niketsu Toriko Burning Heroes and Burnout Dominator. Burnout Dominator for the PSP, which had kind of a really good techno soundtrack. Didn't sound too much like Nosferatu at all. So I am in the process of convincing Mike to go out and buy this game so he can do it, dude, and <laughs> play this game on it. Um, it would be great for next Halloween. So, so everybody out there, comment and try to get Mike to buy this game. <laughs> it's expensive, but we yes. can together we can make it happen. Together with your donations, we can make it I need a cool <laughs> review of this game, and I need to be in this video. Spooky! <laughs> so let's take a listen to... My little medley of Nosferatu for the SNES. My little pony. My little pony from Nosferatu <laughs> for the SNES.
Yeah, that game is pretty freaking spooky. So that amazing piece was from Amnesia, The Dark Descent, which is pretty well known around the internet as far as, you know, in PC gaming circles as one of the scariest games out there. I don't even want to talk about like other games like Slender Man, which kind of oh. rely on one jumpy scare tactic throughout yeah. the entire game. Amnesia is a first person game where you've woken up in this castle and you're an amnesiatic. You don't have a memory. You don't know who you are. You don't know why you're there. 
and all you know is that there are other things in this castle that want to kill you. And so you're kind of roaming through the castle and picking up on clues and reading books and stuff. So it's a puzzle game as well as an action game. The difference being that the monsters in the game have like a physiological effect on you when you're, th when you're nearby. So you have like a heart rate meter and if you look at the monsters for too long, you start to go crazy. And so your vision gets all wobbly, your heart rate increases, and you can't move around as well. So when a monster is coming near you, you've got to find a closet or a cupboard or something that you can duck into and like close the door in front of you. And then when the monster leaves, you know, you can kind of peek out and see if he's still there. If he's not, you got to hope that he didn't see you. Um, really creates an excellent atmosphere of terror. You can pick up and manipulate almost anything in any of the rooms and, and take a look at them. It's a lot of fun to play. It's a pretty long game too, and there are some sequels and add-on packs. You can also get modifications that other people have done for it, so it's really cool. There were two kind of spiritual prequels to this called the Penumbra series, where it takes place in, in present day, and you're in a like a bunker underground in Antarctica where like some sort of madness has occurred and you've gotta kinda get through it. So this was written by Miko Tarmia. And he's mostly worked with Frictional Games, who are the creators of the Penumbra series and the Amnesia series. They've got a new game coming out called Soma, which is very much in the same vein as the Amnesia series. He's a really excellent composer. He's very good at creating these dark, scary atmospheres. And if you want a good game to play around Halloween, check out Amnesia. I think there's a free demo available. It's probably enough to keep you up that night. The track was called Panic and Paranoia, and I would say that audio-wise definitely brings out some panic and paranoia. I've not played this game, but you have, it sounds like. Yeah, so, you should come over and play it tonight. It's yeah. really good. Can we close all the blinds and shut all the lights off? Because that's really the only way to play scary games. I mean, it's in my creepy castle basement, so... True, true. Not the Pixel Tunes basement. Not, no. It's Ed's creepy castle basement. Ed's creepy castle basement. <laughs> <laughs> Spooky! All right, so we're moving on to Friday the 13th. This is the Cabin track. I love this song, and I love, secretly love this game. I don't know, I just, a lot of people give this game a lot of hate. Our buddy, actually, uh, Matt Isro, AKA Cygnus Destroyer, did a really good, one of his best reviews, in my opinion. Yeah, I really enjoyed it. Uh, and we'll link for, to it on our Facebook page. Yeah, to Friday the 13th, definitely really thorough, and he explained pretty much how to beat the game. It's like almost like a walkthrough tutorial as far as like how to not suck at Friday the 13th. Because me, I'm terrible at this game. Like, yeah. I can, I can usually like get to Jason to the point where like I'm in the cabins and I'm facing off against him. So I go in the cabin and I hear this music and I'm just like, what's going on? Like he's here, I know he is. And then you round the corner and it's got that dun, 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 dun. And he's, and he's there, and I finally figured out after years of just sucking at, at, at being killed by him over and over and over again, I finally figured out how to like dash away from him, like, you know, kind of like side dash, I don't know. So, um, yeah, I, I really dig this this game. It's yeah, fun. it's it's Creepy. not a it's not a traditional kind of game either, so yeah. you can't go into it expecting like a straight up action title, because there's a lot of strategy involved. Mm -hmm. So I think that's where a lot of people got a little bit 
I don't know, like a bad taste in their mouth yeah. for it because it didn't play the way that they were expecting it to play. But then once you understand the mechanics, it does become a much more enjoyable game. And the designers of the game really did... I mean, you could tell that they had a love for the movie as well because there's a lot of stuff that relates back to little parts of the movie that, you know, normally you wouldn't expect to be in, a, in an NES game from that early on. Though I'm trying to remember as far as the cabin... Uh, or the people that you play as, the the, the camp counselors or whatever. Mm-hmm. I'm trying to remember if all those names were the names that matched in the game or in I the movie. Know. I don't think they were. But the stuff with like Jason's mom, yeah. like with her decapitated head yeah. and the sweater and all that stuff, I mean, that's all straight out of the movie. And yeah. So it's pretty cool. You don't actually see Jason in this movie, I thought. Not in the first not one. Not in the first one, yeah. The, right. The sequels you do, yeah. but not the first one. Which I was always we see him as a kid in the first one, right? But I was always so disappointed by that. I always wanted to see Jason. I always thought Jason was in the movies because you see the mask on most of the covers mm-hmm. for the logo and everything. And you're like, oh, Jason's in this. He's not in the first movie, which is disappointing. No. Spoilers: Mom was the psycho in the first one. What's your favorite horror movie? My favorite horror movie. I'm not a big horror movie fan. No, no, really? Yeah. Huh. Event Horizon. Really? Because I'm a big sci-fi movie fan. Okay. So that kind of combined horror with, with sci-fi, and that was a f- pretty freaking movie. Freaky movie. Freaky. Freaky, freaky. It's a pretty freaking movie, man. Pretty freaking movie. <laughs> I would probably say for me, Night of the Living Dead. Yeah, The see, remake or the original. And God. when I say remake, I'm talking about the 90s remake. I'm like such a big zombie movie fan that mm-hmm. I don't even consider them horror movies. I just consider them yeah. zombie movies. It's yeah, like a genre yeah. in and of their own, you know? Dawn of the Dead was good, too. Dawn of the Dead, the 28 original. Days Later. Like, all those kind of zombie movies are really, really running zombies. There are no running zombies. See, I don't... 28 Days Later is, is not a traditional zombie movie. Yeah. I don't consider it to be oh, no, I in agree. the vein of the other zombie movies. Yeah. I still enjoyed it as a movie, though. The sequel yeah. to it, 28 months later? Hours or months? 28 months later, I think months? it was, or yeah, something like it? that. Okay. I saw that one, and it was not not nearly as good. No. I should have just kept it at the first one. I saw the first one in the theaters, and it was pretty good. I mean, I, I enjoyed it. I just was like, I'm very anti-running zombie. So, yeah. zombies got to be slow. they got to be dumb. That's bricks. But it was the rage virus. Like, they, they never actually tried to make yeah. them into zombies, you know? True, true. Same with, like, um, I Am Legend. Yeah. It was like, I, th- I consider, like, I Am Legend to 28 Days Later to be more in the same genre because they're more like monsters than they right. are your traditional shambling zombies. I really like Dracula, too, the original Dracula, Bram Stoker's. Mm-hmm. Um, and if you're looking for more of, like, an action flick, Van Helsing's really good. Um, it's fun. It's popcorn movie. It's yeah, stupid. Yeah, it wasn't meant to be a real horror yeah, movie. It had yeah. horror elements, but right. more of an and action movie. I, I mean, I'm a sucker for Hugh Jackman movies, but um, that's yes. the closest we're going to get to a Castlevania movie. Although this new Dracula movie that just came out looks pretty good. I've not heard of this. Uh, Dracula Untold. It's, I don't uh, have cable, so I don't see these commercials. Oh, really? <laughs> yeah, Dracula Untold. It's, it's, I don't know, like, he's even wearing, like, armor that looks like the armor that he wore in like Lords of Shadow or even like the first Dracula movie by um, Francis Ford Coppola cool yeah pretty waggy but anyways the track for Friday the 13th Cabin was composed by Hirohiko Takeyama and he's a Japanese composer and sound designer he did a bunch of games some of which had pretty bad reps like Karate Kid and Friday the 13th he is also the only person who has composed for only two games that used all eight channels of Namco's uh, exclusive chip for the Famicom, the N163 chip. 
Right now he's basically a teacher and he also writes music and publishes it on like iTunes that you can download. But apparently he's really not fond of his video game music that he has written in the past. And so he doesn't give interviews about it. He doesn't talk about it like, I don't know. I mean, his stuff's really great. So if you're listening to this, which I'm sure you're not, but if you're listening to this, thank you for the excellent music. We do appreciate your high quality sounds. He has done all kinds of different tracks. He's done a ton of Famicom games, most of which is all like Famicom stuff, like Adventure Romance, Legend of Dinosaurs, Gaia, Monster Truck, The Snow Princess, and uh, he did Sunman, which, did that even come out? I thought that was unreleased, right? Yeah, all, all those games were unreleased. Yeah, actually, all those games are unreleased. So these are all like Famicom games that people, you know, worked on. I can tell how that would sour him, maybe. Yeah, a He's little bit. He's worked on like a dozen games that never actually <laughs> came out. like, oh, sorry. But uh, for the games that did come out, yeah, Zezix had a really good soundtrack. Zezix was great. He did. Uh, King of Kings was, I think, one of the games that used the 8-track uh, N163 Namco soundtrack. Oh, was it? Yeah. Uh, but that only came out for the Famicom, obviously, because the Nintendo itself could only support five tracks. And then the Lemmings Genesis soundtrack is actually really good. Is it? Yeah. You can find it on my thread on the Final Fantasy cool. Shrine forums. I'll check it out. It doesn't sound like you'd expect anything from, from Lemmings mm-hmm. at all. And it's mm-hmm. really, really good stuff. He did Bonk's Adventure for the Nintendo yeah, and, and also Adventure Island 3. Adventure Island 3 and Panic Restaurant, which is a really expensive game yep. now. Ah, oh, man. I wanted to check that game out. Like, I want to buy it and own it, but man, I'm not paying like 400 bucks no, for it or 300 just bucks. Just play the ROM. Yeah, pretty much. I mean, you know, I don't even think the developers of that game are existence, in existence anymore. You know what happened to them? They panicked at a restaurant? Yes. <laughs> I was going to say spooky, but no, it just wouldn't work now. There's another notch on the wall for those who are listening. (sighs) Hope you're counting, kids. So anyways, (laughs) dude, there's a guy with a hockey mask right behind you. Ah, whatever. Cool. He's cool. He's your bud? He's my bud. Awesome. So listen to uh, Jason's theme song from Friday the 13th. This is Cabin from Hirohiko Takayama.
Yeah, that game's pretty spooky. Spooky. That was Luigi's Mansion. One of my favorite games. I love this game. This was a great game. I actually have the first print launch edition Japanese Luigi's Mansion GameCube really? game that I got huh. because I got a Japanese launch day GameCube. 
before the American version came was out. Was it region free? Uh, no, of course not. Yeah, I was gonna no, say. No, so I got a Japanese GameCube with, yeah. I have the launch edition Resident Evil and Luigi's Mansion and Monkey Ball huh. in their, you know, complete in box. Pretty cool. I didn't actually get through Luigi's Mansion in the Japanese version because there is a lot of text in that game that I couldn't translate myself. Mm -hmm. So, you know, some of the directions were not quite clear. But I still have the games and it's really cool. I most recently actually played through the whole thing using the Wii with my son, who really loves spooky stuff. Spooky. So, yeah, so he and I went through this game together. We had a lot of fun doing it. It's a great game. It is a it's great a game. It's a fun game for kids. It's a it's a fun, spooky time, not to hammer that word home, but <laughs> I really enjoyed this game. Um, and I was really bummed that it got a bad rap originally because everyone was just like, where's the new Mario game? They're expecting a Mario game. Yeah. And, and, and an action title. Yeah. So then, I don't know, this game is... It's, it's action -y. It's like an action, but it's also kind of puzzle. Yeah. You know, yeah. I... It doesn't really fit into any particular genre. No. Not even like survival horror. It just kind no. of does its own thing, which a lot of Nintendo games tend to do when they're outside of the realm of your traditional Mario platformer. Yeah. I mean, it ex expanded the universe, at least. Sure. So. And it gave Luigi kind of his own personality, yeah. you know, as kind of a, kind a, of a wit, cat. like a Freddy cat, <laughs> but also at the same time, you know, brave enough to keep carrying on, even though he's like scared witless. Yeah so to speak. Yeah, I mean, he was trying to rescue his brother, Mario. Yeah. And that was really cool because you don't really get to rescue Mario ever. Mario! Where are you? Mario! <laughs> <laughs> this soundtrack was created by Kazumi Totaka, who's had a long and storied history with Nintendo. He also has a little kind of Easter egg that he adds into every single game. And for the, for the most part, you have to let a song loop for, well, let one particular song in a game that he's worked on loop for something like 64 times or really? like an hour and a half. And then you'll hear this little 19 note tune that he's added into every single game. Huh. So I'm, I believe that you have to go into the gallery in Luigi's Mansion. I might be wrong on this but you have to go into a, you know, a particular area of the game, let the music play, and then after a certain number of loops, you'll hear Totaka's song. That's I think it funny. also appears in a couple of the Zelda games. That he's we'll play it on the, uh, we'll try to track it down and see if we can play it on the channel on yeah, Facebook. Yeah, it's been confirmed in Luigi's Mansion. Mario Paint's got it, Pikmin 2, Mario Land 2, Six Golden Coins. So a lot of the really you know popular, all the Animal Crossing games have it because he's worked on all that. If you don't think you've ever heard a Totaka song before, you're probably wrong, because if you own a Wii, he composed all of the default Wii channel songs. Oh, okay. So like the Wii Shop channel, the Photo channel, the Weather channel, the Vote channel, everything that is in the Wii itself, he's made the music for. So yeah, he's definitely got a lot of play on his tunes. Shinobu Tanaka also worked on this game. He hasn't done too much with Nintendo, but what he has done has been pretty high profile. He's done Mario Kart TS, Double Dash, Super Smash Bros. Brawl, Animal Crossing, and Mario Sunshine. So I'm sure if he worked on Brawl, he's probably working on the new Wii U. 
Smash Brothers as well. Tons of Nintendo stuff. Yeah, so that's a cute game. That was more of a medley of a lot of the different tracks you can hear. I really like that Haunted Halls track where Luigi's kind of singing over it. Yeah, um, that's the best. Track. Yeah, Charles Martinet, who is the voice of Luigi and Mario, he's he's a super funny dude. Yeah, yeah. He he's got his own Instagram channel where he kind of puts figures of Mario and Luigi in front of the camera and like makes them have little like sound effects and like talking to like talking about like street like like if Charles Martinet is walking down the street and there's a street performer yeah. he'll like hold um, Mario and Luigi up in front of the camera and like have Mario and Luigi talk about like the street performer and like <laughs> it's really really cool you should I'll really check, check it out, out. Yeah. yeah so what's the next track we're going into we're gonna play a track from Clock Tower this game's so spooky yeah spooky yes it's the Super Nintendo version of the game just beat that dead horse yeah you know hey listen you know I'm not giving away all that candy. Right on. So, <laughs> Clock Tower, this uh, this was a really scary game. And uh, it was one of the first, well, we never got this game in America. But you can easily find any, you know, reproduction copies of it. There's plenty of ROMs if, you, if you're if you going to float that boat. I don't know. <laughs> Wait, what? Sink it. I don't know. Um, Does that so, float your boat? Is that what you meant to say? It, it, it's basically this game that takes huge inspiration from some of the uh, Dario Ar Argentino or Argento, Argento. Uh, f horror films, uh, such as Suspiria, um, Creepers. Creepers is a movie that actually stars a really, really young Jennifer Connelly. And this game pretty much took her image and used it in the game. I mean, like, you look at it and you're like, that's that's Jennifer Connelly, like, without a doubt. So it's a really creepy game where you have to run away. You're in this house, this giant house, and you're basically escaping from this guy called the Scissor Man, uh, Bobby the Scissor Man. Here goes the Scissor Man. <laughs> and uh, uh. He's got, he, he has no relation to Spoon Man. Or, or, or the Snicker Man or from Homestar Runner. <laughs> <laughs> there goes the Scissor Man. He's just giant, this little creepy boy who's like all facially distorted and messed up. Like he's got something wrong with him. And he has these giant scissors, these garden shears that he just uses that, you know, chases you down with. And so there's a long. I haven't really sat down and played through the game like all the way through. But a buddy of mine was nice enough to give me, for a really cheap price, a reproduction cart of this game. So I'm excited to play this one during this holiday season of Halloween. So the tracks that we're going to talk about, uh, the, this track is called Don't Cry Jennifer. And it's... So they're really making it pretty obvious. Yeah, oh yeah. It's actually the, Jennifer The character's <laughs> uh, name in the game is also Jennifer. That's hilarious. So, yeah, they really wanted to showcase Jennifer Connelly, apparently. I'd like to showcase Jennifer Conley myself. Watch but, it. Uh, you know. <laughs> well, like, you know, like, this is the actress. You know. Yes. So, the tracks were composed by Koji Nikura and Kaori Takaizo. And they have worked on mainly spooky games. Clock Tower and Clock Tower 2, uh, The Struggle Within, which the sequels really weren't as good. They were a little more hokey. The... Clock Tower games eventually inspired Haunting Ground, which was a really cool Capcom game, which we should have picked a track from, but we didn't. There's more Halloween's coming. Oh, you know it. 
And then Koji Nikura worked on WCW NWO Revenge, which is such a departure. That was a from... really spooky game. Oh yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, Fire Pro Wrestling F1 Pole Position Two was the sound designer on that. Popful Mail worked on the BGM. Yeah, Takazo was mostly sound production, so I don't. I'm not sure how much composition he did, but he, I think he took care of a lot of the. Not do much. Yeah, he took care of a lot of the technical aspects of the sound design. He did the background music for Clock Tower Two. Clock Tower One, he's just labeled as sound produce. Yeah. So Koji Nyakura probably did the music for Clock Tower. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And the music is is very kind of unique for Super Nintendo. It's it's really like cinematic. I think the music is just as inspired by Argento's movies as the game was. Well, Goblin did all the music or most of the music for Dario Argento movies. Yeah, and this and kind of has they, a very spacey like yeah, rock feel to absolutely. it. Absolutely. And. Uh, I actually saw Goblin uh, last year. I know, year. I wanted to go to Oh, it was so good. It was such a good show. And they had this, like, weird, like, creepy but hot girl come out, and, like, she was, like, dancing around in, like, this, like, gypsy outfit or whatever. It was, like, the weirdest thing. I don't remember what I had to do that night, but they, I really wanted to go. They had, like, on the on the screen... First off, they did it in a church, which is the weirdest thing, because you're <laughs> in... I'm sitting at the pews, and I'm Jewish, mind you. I'm sitting at the pews, and I'm just, like... We're, we're watching Goblin, who does a bunch of horror movies. And they actually put video footage of the horror movies on the screen while you're listening to this awesome, awesome band. And Zombie, was, the band Zombie was there too. They do some amazing awesome. work, really spacey, like prog rock that's very much inspired by, uh, by Goblin. So that was an awesome show. So if you guys like this track, check out Goblin and also Zombie, because they, if you like this type of music, it's very similar to what you're going to hear in real life with real instruments. But getting back to the Clock Tower game, this is definitely a scary game. Check it out. This track again is called Don't Cry Jennifer. Thank you. 
whispering hand in hand Just like children like to do Their eyes, what are they looking for? White dress brothers eat their song Starting to make some sense Only if you're listening Dance, dance like butterflies Shadows appear right before my
Perry Mason's car flipped three times when he swerved to avoid hitting a pedestrian. Now, Cheryl's missing, and Harry's found himself in the town of Silent Hill. Cheryl! Cheryl! Where are you? God, this fog is so thick, I can't see anything. Maybe she went into this police station to wait for me. Cheryl! Where are you? Where is everybody? This whole town is empty. and rust. I must be hallucinating. This is impossible. Excuse me. Ah! It's some sort of giant triangle face. The name is Pyramid Head. I couldn't help but overhear you complaining about all this gunk on the walls. Yeah, and the ceiling and, and the floor, even on this pack of gum. Yuck! Making the transition to the other world in Silent Hill can be difficult for nerdy white guys like you. Hey. That's why we formulated Gore Grabber. A few quick spurts of our foaming cleanser will dissolve all this nastiness in mere seconds. Wow. Ooh, let me get some. Yoink. <laughs> Amazing. This place needs a good wipe down with Gore Grabber. Thanks, Triangle Face. Pyramid Head! <laughs> Don't you have a daughter to save or something? Eh, she was always pretty annoying anyways, and she never cleaned as well as this. Gore Grabber! Available in Silent Hill, Ashfield, and the back of Triangle Face's creepy van. That's Pyramid Head! Welcome back to Pixel Tunes Radio. That was a scary game from from. Don't you mean a spooky game? Talk about beating a dead horse. Oh man! Uh, Throwing it back at me. Yeah, you know. Yes, I mean, I, it's me. I couldn't do a spooky game podcast without Silent Hill. True. So this was from Silent Hill Four: The Room. Talk about a secret David Bowie track. Yeah, no, this was voiced by Joe Ramersa, who kind of joined in with Akira Yamaoka and Mary Elizabeth McGlynn on the third Silent Hill game. And so he's a drummer and a singer. He's also done a lot of voice work for anime as well. As David Bowie? <laughs> yeah, well, yeah, he does sound a lot like David Bowie. So this one's called Cradle of Forest. It's, uh, you know, kind of a spooky rock track, and the, the lyrics are more spooky than the actual spooky. song is. The premise behind Silent Hill 4 is that you're just this normal guy who's moved into this apartment in Ashfield, which is near Silent Hill, and then one day you wake up to find that your door has been completely chained shut, and that you can't escape your apartment. God, Mom. Yeah. Uh, well, the scarier thing is, is that you live by yourself, so nobody else could have done it. Your mom did it. It was well. There's there are mother issues in the game. It was actually bring that up. Your mom. My mom went your and changed mom the video game character into his virtual apartment. <laughs> yes. All I remember about this game is the 
uh, screenshots that I seen, saw online for it, and there was this one image that struck me. It was like the creepiest thing. It was this really scarred up giant face. Do you know what I'm talking about? Yeah. Is tell me what's what's up with that? Was that like oh well it's in a so you're walking around and towards the end of the game it's in a hospital. Okay. It's just kind of a jump scare room. It doesn't really have much to do with the game itself. Okay. But you're kind of you know looking at all these 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 rooms in this hospital and all these hospital rooms and then you enter this one room and then there's this, this giant face that's like coming out of the wall. Yeah. And its eyes follow you as you as you walk around. And so it's just creepy. it's meant to be like just really creepy and. Yeah. and it doesn't really have too much, so you can't interact with the face at all. It's can't, like, just kind candy of candy corn or something. there. No. Supposedly, you know, in Silent Hill, the whole concept behind why everything has gone creepy and evil is because it's like the machinations of a child, and it's like their mommy daddy issues or abandonment issues, like manifesting themselves, and that's why all the enemies, all the creepy stuff that goes on, has something to do with the psychology going on behind like the child's difficulties with life or how they were killed or whatever it is. So it makes it sound a lot lamer than it really is. Well, if you think about a lot of the spookiest horror movies, a lot of that like Children of the Corn and stuff like that, you know, it's all like Children of the Candy Corn. Kids, man. man. The kids go crazy and psychic powers muck everything up. Stupid dumb kids and their psychic powers. Yeah. So you can actually, if you enjoyed this song, go to YouTube, and it's a YouTube channel called A Foggy Place. All one word, no punctuation. It's a channel set up by Joe Ramersa, and they've got some video of Akira Yamaoka, Joe Ramersa, and Mary Elizabeth McGlynn performing live tracks from the Silent Hill game, yeah, like cool. chilling out at Joe Ramersa's house. So it's Joe on drums, and then Akira's playing guitar, and Mary is singing, and they do like a bunch of songs, and then they do uh, an exclusive song that's not from Silent Hill called Jammin' with Akira. And they're really, really well done, that's so it's cool. definitely worth checking out. I'll probably post that on the Facebook page too at some point. Not to be confused with the other YouTube channel that is your personal favorite that you've told me about, A Froggy Place, where it's just video footage of frogs wearing hats, different tiny hats. Don't talk about my frog obsession. <laughs> I have no idea what you're talking about. But... Spooky. <sighs> so, yeah, I mean, we pretty much talked about Akira Yamaoka. We talked about the game. So I guess we can move on to our next track. Which we've talked about before, too, but we totally have. worth playing another track from. It is Rusty from the PC-98. So we played Queen in the Dark Knight from this game, and that was a great track. But uh, my biggest problem is the speed on these songs. So the one that we're going to play is the normal speed. This is the speed that you would hear if you played it on a PC-98. Unfortunately, Ed screwed up the rip of this game when he first created it, and he gives it to me like, you gotta hear this soundtrack, it's really good, and he posts it online, he's like, dude, you gotta check it out. I'm like, awesome. So I download it, and I fell in love with the soundtrack. The problem is, is that the soundtrack was like five times the speed. It was like one and a half times too fast. Yeah, or maybe was, even double speed. It was ridiculous. It was it's ridiculously fast. I mean, most of the tracks that are slower paced uh, are sped up to the point where they're like techno basically like really awesome like yeah. dance tracks <laughs> and so when he was like oh dude i meant to tell you like i screwed up the rip i was like don't tell me that <laughs> like i want to listen to these tracks fast man <laughs> so this is a great song red sunset is a song we're gonna play and uh so we've talked about some of the, one of the composers before we actually didn't talk about the other composer so we talked about ryu takami 
And uh, so now we're gonna talk about Masahiro Kajihara and Kenichi Arakawa. <laughs> so Masahiro Kajihara worked on Hole Chaser. Hole Chaser. Yeah, you know, Hole Chaser. He also worked on Virgin Dream, Princess Maker 2, I see where you're going with this. <laughs> Slayers, um, Cybernetic High School Part 3, Gunbuster, Virgin Dream, man. Virgin Dream, followed by Whole Chasers. Whole Chasers. <laughs> and Princess Maker. Uh, two. So, two. It, you know, obviously. There were two are... Princess Makers. <laughs> yeah. No, I don't know. I mean, the PC-98 had its fair share of adult-oriented games. Yes, it So did. there's a good chance that a lot of these were exactly what you think. Hole chasers? Hole chasers. We'll have to look that one up. Yeah. I'm scared to right now. Yeah. This is a family-friendly show, don't forget. Spooky. Spooky hole chasers. <laughs> Spooky princess maker. Ay, ay, ay. So Kenichi Arakawa worked on uh, mostly Japanese games. Um, you know, he worked, Rusty was in 93. He worked on Totsugeki Mix, Homa Hunter Lime Special Collection, Volumes 1 and 2, Dragon Seeds, Metal Saga, and Operation Darkness, none of which I think ever saw a light of day in the UK or the United States. No, of course not. PC-98 we're talking about. Well, I don't know if all these games are PC-98. I'm just going by those little list here on this thing I call the internet. Internet. Yeah. Spooky. I, I don't know. So anyways, this song is, well, the game itself obviously draws a lot from Castlevania almost entirely. Pretty much. And so this this it's, song itself is also very Castlevania sounding. It, I would say it's Castlevania with boobs. That's rusty. This song is Castlevania with boobs? Yeah. Yeah, I think so. Okay. Yeah. Well, every oh, enemy in the game has boobs. Like every final enemy of each stage has boobs. Yeah, it's true. So, it's again, it goes back to that whole adult-themed yeah, PC ninety-eight, PC eighty-eight. I mean, I'm okay with it. You know, it was a, it was a computer designed for productivity, mm -hmm. and also it was a pretty popular game machine. But the yeah. user base for it was much much older than the kids that were playing on the oh, NES yeah. and the Famicom and all that. So they took a little bit of their liberties with their adult material. Ain't no thing. I'm itching to play this song because I want to hear it again. So what do you say?
Welcome back to Pixel Tunes Radio. That was from Dead Space. Yeah, that's one of the more modern spooky games that we've got on the show. I freaking love this game. You are not a fan. I didn't say I wasn't a fan. You're, you're, I've just said I haven't played it. Yeah. I played the on-rails shooter the based on the game. Right? Extraction, yes. which came out on the Wii, and then was also a release alongside... Came out for the PS3. The PS3. Yeah. yeah, and I think as a bonus if you got Dead Space 2 or something like, something that. like that. Or it was free on PSN Plus. or. Anyways, I have it on PS3, yeah. and I've also got it on Wii. The original game is so crazy, so spooky, and just, I mean, it's beyond jump scares, because it's not really a jump scare type game. I remember I was living in an apartment with a, it was basically like a fraternity almost. I mean, it was an apartment where pretty much your friends would just rotate in, and it'd be like an episode of Seinfeld where, you know, your (laughs) friends would just pop in all the time, like, you'll never believe this, you know? So I had... Just re- I just picked up a 360 because my roommate, one of my roommates at the time had a 360 and I had a Wii and I really wasn't, like I had played some of his games and I was like, all right, you know, I'll, I'll pick up a 360. And this was one of the games that I picked up a 360 for, it was Dead Space. And it was just, it was awesome to turn the lights off, shut the blinds and start this game up. And uh, at one point, my friend was dating this girl and she was really into video games too. And so we would all kind of hang out and it was like one of those things where we would call each other and be like, all right, you're gonna come over, I'm gonna play Dead Space, okay, cool. And it was like something where you could all sit down and watch one person play this game, but you would get, you can get really into it. Mm. And so there were like all these like really disturbing, creepy monsters that would just, appear behind you and you wouldn't realize that they were there until it was already too late and that was kind of the scare factor for me was not necessarily that you see these things from a distance or that they come up real close it was more like what's behind you that creeped me Mm -hmm. out so i used to play the silent hill games almost the same way i didn't have a group of friends Mm -hmm. but my my wife would work till late at night because she worked at a coffee shop. So I would sit there in my living room, I'd turn all the lights off, I'd have nothing but like a lamp, <laughs> which I printed out the game facts for in case I like needed it or got lost. But it would just be like me with no light whatsoever, <laughs> just playing these games, you know, and, and it, it really kind of helps to absorb that atmosphere Absolutely. from the game. Because if you're playing in a brightly lit room, it, mm-hmm. it doesn't hold that same effect. No, you can't play or even watch horror movies or anything scary. Uh, in bright light, like daytime, like everything's sunny and happy and wonderful, and you're kind of just like going through the motions. It's, it's, you gotta have the atmosphere. Yeah, for it. yeah. Well, that, um, that PD game that came out, now since we're talking about horror games, yeah. The, um, the playable demo for Silent Hills, you're, um, that was created by, who was, uh, what, Koji, Kojima, and, what's his name? Hideo Kojima? Yeah, Hideo Kojima is working on the new Silent Hills. Okay. Along with uh, Guillermo del Toro. That's right. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And so, um, you know, I I was watching it, not knowing really what it was, and just watching it in a a window, you know, on a a YouTube channel or something like that. And and these people are, like, freaking out about how scary it is. And I'm like, this doesn't really seem very scary. Until I went home and, like, you know, watched it in high def, because I don't have a PS4 yet, but watched it in high def, you know, with all the lights off in my right. basement, I'm like, okay, this is freaky. So it's amazing <laughs> how much that can increase the atmosphere of a game oh, when you watch it in a certain situation. There's a lot of new games that are coming out in the near future, like The Evil Within, which I don't think is out yet. I think it's coming out soon, but that's by Shinji Mikami of Resident Evil yep. fame. 
and it's kind of getting back to, which Resident Evil slowly but surely getting back into horror or more horror aspects, like Resident Evil Revelations I hope was pretty so, good. Because I'm I'm not a fan of the run and gun. Yeah. Resident the action, Evils. the action Resident Evil Five and Six. I'm just I'm not really feeling it. Four was excellent. Yes. Three was good. I mean, all the Resident Evils were for the most part really really excellent titles. But anyways, we've totally jumped jumped ship here. <laughs> Dead Space takes place on a ship. You take place on the Ishimura, which is a space station ship, and you pretty much. He plays this character named Isaac Clark, which is a combination of uh, Isaac Asimov, I believe, for the sci-fi. Yeah, yeah. and uh, and Arthur Clark, if I recall. Arthur C. Clark. Arthur C. Clark, right? Who wrote Blade Runner and a bunch of other stuff. So he plays this guy Isaac Clark, and you're basically—it's really creepy. You're going through this ship. You land at the space station, and you're you're going through the whole space station, kind of being like, you know, what's happening in the beginning, and then you start seeing these monsters appear, and you find out that these monsters used to be people, and they all got turned into these monsters by this the hive thing. Yeah, and it's, so it's actually kind of similar to Event Horizon, which we were just yeah. talking about before. Right, borrows a lot from that. So this track was called the Hive Mind, and this. This soundtrack was composed by Jason Graves, who actually has done a lot of video game music, mostly newer stuff. But he actually won two BAFTA awards for Dead Space, um, and it's been considered one of the best truly original soundtracks, and it's also been called for the game itself the scariest game ever made. Yeah, he's got an incredibly cinematic style. It's very atmospheric. He hasn't only done horror games. He's done stuff like the Star Trek first-person games, like Star Trek Encounters, Star Trek Conquest, Rayman Raving Rabbids. But he's done, like, kind of funny scary games like Deadhead Fred. Area 51. Area 51. So... You know, he's, he's a very versatile guy, but his soundtracks are always top-notch. Very cinematic, yeah. Yeah. So, with this song, I mean, just... Uh, I, I don't know, I just I can't speak enough about how great the song is. You know, with the strings just kind of building tension there, and then when you get the, the percussion drops, the whole thing just sounds really well put together, really strong, and really spooky and scary. And he's also composed the next two Dead Space games in the series, Dead right. Space 2 and Dead Space 3. And so, Extraction too, So if you yeah. enjoy this one, definitely check out the other ones. So I guess it's going to wrap it up pretty much for our spooky... Not really. Well, no, we got one more track, don't we? <laughs> yeah. Well, you know what I mean. You know, we're wrapping it up our regular stuff. We're going to actually talk to you guys a little bit about this game that's coming out by a indie composer. This is going to be our outro track. Yeah, as we've said before on the podcast, we love indie composers. We love indie games. Games. If you are an indie composer or an indie developer and you've got a game coming out and you think it has pretty good music, definitely get in contact with us. You can email us at pixeltunesradio at gmail.com. You know, you can send us a sample of your work and we would totally be happy to get you on the show, even as a little guest spot for a break or just to talk about your game and, you know, kind of help you promote it a little bit. So this is a game from a developer, his name is Scare. In the past he's released some kind of Halloween style texture packs and sound effect packs for Minecraft, which is my son's like (laughs) favorite game in the entire universe. So he's got a game coming out called Tricks and Treats. And it's an indie kind of retro throwback title. It kind of reminds me a lot of 
Bubble Bobble. Yeah, we played a little bit of the uh, we played a little bit of the uh, alpha build that he sent us during the break, and uh, it was pretty. It looks pretty cool. It was kind of like a mixture of like Mario, where you're like jumping around, you're like play this little break blocks above your head and get power ups and stuff. Plays this little ghosty guy and you're jumping around, shooting bubbles, and it looks really cool. So it looks to be like a fun game. And you were mentioning that something about the music, where the music kind of changes. Well, in a lot of the tracks, it starts off very simple. So yeah. it sounds like uh, your standard kind of wavetable synth. But then as the music progresses, it gets a little more layered and kind of some of them add some more modern dubstep or, you know, house techno beats. Yeah. So by the end of the song, it's this really cool combination between throwback and modern songs. It's kind of like a uh, way of encouraging you to keep in the game and keep playing and try to get better and better so you can hear more and more of the song. Which is really cool. It's a cool idea. Yeah. So the game is called Tricks and Sheets. It's currently in development, so it's not out yet. I'm sure it'll have a lot of different distribution options once the game does get released. And he'll have all that information on pixellanterngames.blogspot.com, which is kind of where he has his manifesto set up. Um, has a lot of information about, you know, why he's creating the game, his design ideas, and then he's going to have... You know information as as far as you know the game's progression as he goes. So he's already got a timeline set up about you know what he wants done by each stage. He's got a very organized plan set up. So I'm really confident that he's going to come out with a really good game. Yeah, I think he's going to finish it. A lot of games don't. They they just kind of sit in the middle period where no development gets done or you know people just stop or their lives get busy or whatever. But this guy sounds like he's he's got a good thing going. Yeah. So. Thanks for um, thanks for letting us know about your game. It's really cool, and hopefully, you know, we'll stay in touch as the game gets built, and we'll have more music and, and more updates from Tricks and Treats as it goes. The uh, outro track we're gonna play is from that game. It's called Reaching Branches. Uh, as always, you can find us on Facebook.com/PixelTunesRadio. Check us out on Twitter at PixelTunesRadio. And also, of course, PixelTunesRadio.com, where you can leave comments and vote for your favorite tracks in each episode. And then, of course, you can also watch the video portion of this, if you aren't already, at www.youtube.com forward slash dongold. Or if you just type in PixelTunesRadio on YouTube, you can find us there as well. Stay tuned. In two weeks, we're going to have the infamous in the blog circles, <laughs> or the uh, the podcast circles, Aaron Hickman from Retro Obscura. If you're a fan of the Retro Junkies Network, you've probably heard him on nearly all of the podcasts. <laughs> so we'll have him as a guest. We'll be doing a show all about unreleased and prototype games and the music from those games. So Very I'm really cool. looking forward to that one. Awesome. So again, this is Scare with music from Tricks and Treats. This is Reaching Branches. See you in two weeks, guys. Peace out. Go see Spooky.